my, my job is to somehow make them curious enough or persuade them by hook or crook to get more aware of themselves and where they came from and what they are into and what is already there and just to bring it out. This is what compels me to compel them. And I will do it by whatever means necessary. Welcome to the Black Girls Heal podcast, where we talk about healing our intimacy disorders, unresolved trauma, and building a healthy relationship with first ourselves and then others. Every episode, we will talk about advice you can apply today to break unhealthy patterns and grow in your self-worth. I'm Sheena Lachey, love addiction coach and trauma specialist. Let's begin. Hello, hello, and welcome to the latest episode of Black Girls Heal. I hope that you are all having such a great day. It is autumn, y'all. It is fall. Here in Houston, it is a little bit cooler in the morning, so I am all up in the autumn fall spirit. I'm ready for the holidays. Now, granted, in Houston, cooler in the morning is like 74 or 75, and by the end of the day, it's still 97, 98, but that is a lot cooler <laughs> than it normally is. So um, I'm there. My son was even like, ooh, can I use a jacket? And I was like, it's still too hot, baby, but you know, it's coming. So, so yeah, I hope that this meets you wherever you are with the joy that you deserve, with the love that you deserve, and that you are really taking care of yourself. So in today's episode, we are going to continue the reclaiming series. So I said that because we are having our reclaiming me workshop, in October, which we are now in October, but Saturday, October 21st, it is an all day workshop that we are going to be talking about reclaiming all of the best parts of ourselves, the parts of ourselves that we feel like we may have lost, coming back from disappointment, getting in touch with our body, finding love, security, and safety on the inside so that we are free to love, free to have hope, free to have happiness and joy so that we can connect to the relationships around us so that we can feel restored on the inside. We're doing that all day. Um, and if you cannot travel to the workshop live, it's, in gonna be, it's going to be in Charlotte, North Carolina. You can also purchase a virtual ticket. Um, for those, there have been several people who've emailed and asked. This is going to be a one-time workshop. I'm not going to be repeating this topic. I'm not going to be taking it on tour anywhere. Tour anywhere. So if you're like, I'm going to wait for it to come back around or next time she teaches it. That's not quite how it works. Um, if anything, for those of you who have been following me for a while, you know that I really operate off of just divine downloads and divine inspiration. So based on what I hear y'all talk about here on what, based on what I hear your needs are, that is what I decide to teach is what I decide to teach for podcast episodes is what I decide, decide to teach as programs is what I decided to teach for workshops. And even when I do my healing, Healed and Love Women intensives, I thought when I first started the intensives, I thought it was going to be a, a set curriculum and that I would take it and just keep teaching it. But what I quickly found within the first uh, workshop and the first intensive is that the needs of the collective of what happens when a certain set of six to eight women come together and what comes into that room is that the needs of those women is very different than the needs of the next eight women and the next eight women. So I really curate all of my teaching experiences to what women come with. So all that said, if you want to come, I suggest that you buy your ticket. <laughs> and for those who've been procrastinating, there will be something special for you at the end of today's episode. Thanks for listening to this 
get started, let's take a small break to say thank you to this week's sponsors. Okay, so I have a question for you. On a scale of zero to five, where zero is, I don't think about it at all, and five is, I'm fully connected, how on top of your hormone health are you? If you said zero to one, it is time to build that connection. Your hormones and your cycle are central to your overall functioning and regulating your body will completely transform your mental, emotional, and physical health. Happy Mammoth, the company that created Hormone Harmony, is dedicated to making women's lives easier. And that means using only science-backed ingredients that have been proven to work for women. They make no compromise when it comes to quality and it shows. Hormone Harmony contains science-backed herbal extracts called adaptogens. Now here's the beauty about adaptogens. They help the body adapt to any stressors, like chaotic hormonal changes that happen naturally throughout a woman's life. And even though it helps for more than just menopause, Hormone Harmony is great for any horrible menopausal symptoms that put a woman's life on hold, like hot flashes and night sweats, raising thoughts, low mood, poor sleep, feeling tired all the time, bloating and gas, lower sexual desire. Hormone Harmony can help with all of those things. For a limited time, you can get 15% off your entire first order at happymammoth.com. Just use the code BGH at checkout. But for now, for today's podcast, in honor of this workshop, I'm talking about all the different things that what it looks like, what does it feel like when you have reclaimed parts of yourself, right? What is different? What does it feel like to embody that? Last week, I talked about what does safety feel like in your body. Today, I'm talking about what does it feel like to have restoration? What does it feel like when you have fully reclaimed different parts of yourself um, that have been lost? What are some examples? What are some, what's some imagery? What are some things that you can be looking out for and celebrating when you see it versus getting stuck on this kind of healing hamster wheel that sometimes we do where we just keep trying to, you know, we're trying to dig at some magic place that, that gives us evidence that we are good enough, that we are healed enough. And really we can have all the evidence of that right in front of us, but we don't really know how to celebrate it. We don't really know how to tap into it. And so that is part of the purpose of these podcast episodes too. Um, and us focusing on a solution so that, you know, one, what does it look like when I'm walking in the solution? So that can help you feel more motivated and help you feel rejuvenated and help you um, know that you're in the right direction, <laughs> going in the right direction, right? Um, because that is so affirming when you've been working at something for so long and you don't even know if you are even getting close to the light. You know, hopefully this helps those of you who are at that place see how close you are or that you're already there. Or if you are still in that process to let you know, okay, this is what you can start to uh, expect. This is what you can hope to embody. And if not this, something that feels similar to you. What I said in the previous podcast episode, when I was talking about what does safety feel like in a body, I was saying, you know, some of the things I'm experiencing or some of the things I'm explaining is what it feels like for me or what it may feel like for some of my clients. And for you, you may be listening and say, that's not quite what it feels like, but this is what it is. And so even me sharing what it may look like here, even if it doesn't fit, that gets you closer to knowing, well, what would it feel like for me? Like, it's not this, but it, it'll look like this for me. So I hope that you find this helpful in creating your own North Stars in your healing journey to know what directions you're moving towards and to add more things to your your milestone list, right? Of the things that you want to achieve and things that you want to feel and again, embody as you continue to grow into your highest level version of yourself. So that is it for our intro. Oh, 
I do want to share one more thing since my intro is a little bit longer today. Um, as a quick update, I have been working so hard on this no contact book and I'm so excited. I wrote a few more chapters this weekend and I'm actually, for those of you who did the no contact challenge back in June, I believe it was June. Um, it's either June or July. For those of you who did the no contact challenge with me for that month back in June, I'm going to be posting in that group some snippets of the book and some sneak previews of the book. So um, be if you don't have notifications on in the group, go ahead and turn them on so that you can get special access to that. Um, feel free to share your thoughts, ask questions and all of that. But um I'm so excited to get this book out to you and it just gets bigger and bigger and bigger. And one of the things that really came up that I'm, that I'm realizing it, that I'm realizing I always knew, but in writing this is that I'm really writing this book to be a healing ritual that the no contact process, the way that I teach it is not about anybody else. It's not about teaching someone a lesson. It's not about getting even. It's not about proving that you're strong enough. Truly, when I teach the no contact process and when I encourage my students and clients to do it, it is because we need to heal your body. We need to heal your nervous system. We need to come home to yourself. So it truly is a healing ritual. And so I think the book keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger because, you know, I've already had this process down for the last, what, seven, eight years um, with worksheets and everything. So I thought that the book was going to be easy, kind of put together like workbook thing, but it's, it's becoming a lot more and I'm sharing a lot more than I thought I was going to share before. And so um, I'm really excited to get this into your hands. Um, the hope is by holiday season. So um, wish me luck, everybody. And I hope for those of you who get copies that you find it really restorative and healing as well. But for now, let's talk about what does restoration look like when you reach that point in your healing process. Okay, so like I already said in our in the intro, that this episode is about what does restoration feel like when there are parts of you that you may have lost based on relationship disappointment, on deep shame, on a loss of self-identity. And maybe even not even knowing that these are things that you have lost. Maybe you have spent a lifetime being surrounded by people who did not esteem you, who never saw you, who didn't encourage you, did not encourage you to be your own person, to have your own voice. Um, after you may have, after much betrayal or lots of loss, you got to a place where you just stopped hoping and stopped believing and stopped thinking that um, good is possible for you and settled for good enough. And even the good enough wasn't quite what you wanted and needed and thought that this was just the best that it could ever be. What does it look like or what can it feel like when you are able to cross over that threshold out of just making it, you know, barely making it? Um, right. So there's a place of suffering. There's a place of where you're very obviously in pain and in turmoil and in crisis and things just feel like they will be this way forever. And that is one state of being. And then many of us, we get to a place where we cross out of suffering, active suffering to where we're in this kind of neutral zone. Almost this may be a severe word, but almost like an emotional kind of purgatory because purgatory is the waiting space, right? So where it's like this endless, endless space of existence that there's no promise of you ever moving anywhere, but you're just there. 
right? You're just there. And so it's kind of um, a very neutral experience, almost like gray. And I think a lot of us celebrate just moving out of suffering into this neutral state, which is amazing, right? Like if you're able to break the cycles of trauma, of dysfunction, of chaos, of negative self-talk to get to a place where just everything just kind of is, then that that is incredible. That is no small feat. And that should be celebrated. And I think many of us do celebrate it, which is why we are um, very happy to be there. <laughs> we're happy to just be at a place where not, something isn't happening all the time, right? But then the place after that um, is the place of restoration and the place of joy, the place where you're not just existing, but that you're hopeful and happy and optimistic and peaceful in your life, right? That happiness is not something that comes and that is fleeting. Um, but that contentment, like full bodied contentment is, is a normal for you. And I think many of us don't even know what that would look like or what that feels like, or that that's even possible, right? Or that we have tried to get it before and it has not worked, right? We knew that there was something more. We knew that we had a deeper ache. We knew we wanted to feel more, to have more, to hope more, to, to be, um, to be more excited about things, right? To be more excited about the future. And we tried our best and we haven't been able to get there, right? We have done the meditations. We have um, talked to the mentors. We have even talked to the coaches. Um, we've gone to therapy. And so going back to this place of acceptance of, well, I guess this is just what it is for me to just kind of go through the motions and just hope that something is going to come to excite me. And I've been there for a very long period of time and felt all of those frustrations. And I feel like I am at a place where I have been coming out of that, that I've been experiencing more and more of that joy, more and more of that bliss, more and more of that happiness, more and more of that restoration. And so I want to share what that has felt like for me, um, one in hopes like I said before, for you to know some examples of what it can look like for you um, or or better yet, just to know that it's possible. I think I've shared this on the podcast episode. My first real heartbreak with my um, with my first boyfriend, I. So, yeah, I'm pretty sure I've shared this. So apologies for those who've heard this story before. I was um, still in college ministry. I was in college ministry at the time and um and they had a relationship panel and there was a couple, it's a relationship panel of all these married couples. And there is a woman who came and she talked about how um, the boyfriend that she had had before her now husband, uh, that she had moved across the country to be with him, um, that they had plans of getting married, that things were super serious. And then when she got there, he broke up with her and her whole life was broken like she was devastated she didn't think that she'd be able to go on she left everything for him um, and for it to just happen so quickly and callously it just completely took her off guard and she was super depressed and so she talked about how she had to rebuild herself and how she grew in self-love and how she built friendships and relationships around her and as she, how she started to find contentment and happiness um, and that she was fully content and happy um, and then you know she ended up meeting her partner and um, what I remember taking away from that story um, that stayed with me when I ended up going through my devastating um, breakup 
for me at that time was that no matter how hard it gets, you're going to be okay. And this is what it can look like, right? Like I might not do the same things, but this, I know that this is not the end for me. And so when the break ended up happening and completely catching me off guard, that was like, I feel like my recovery from that <laughs> was probably quicker than it would have I'm not, not, I think I know it was quicker than it would have been before. So all that to say, I hope that me just sharing this for any of you who've been feeling numb or in a kind of like this purgatory, or you're in this place of suffering, um, that hearing this, that you know that this is possible, that this is not just a fairy tale, it's not just what people say, that it's not real, but that it is very real, and that you can have it too, in whatever way it shows up in your life. So the first way that I'm going to say that restoration has felt for me or shown up for me is it feels like a cleansing or a clearing. So this is not to say that there are not moments of that I have to reorient or have moments of self-doubt or negative self-talk or, you know, hormones and all the things that come with that. But my most natural state is feeling more clear so that when I'm not clear, that that clues into me that there's something wrong versus I'm always anxious, upset, I'm ruminating on things that have happened before in the past. And so any moments of clarity, I think that they are abnormalities or that they shouldn't be here, right? That I know that my perspective and my most grounded, most, most highest state of being, my normal has pivoted, right? Um, which tells me that when I'm off, it's time for me to use my tools, resource, resources, support, um, journaling, tapping, self-talk, prayer, meditation, whatever it may be to get me back to normal. But what clearing means for me, what I wrote down that I wanted to share is to feel clear. This was hard for me to put into words, but to feel clear means a place of acceptance. But the acceptance is not that I logically know that something happened and I logically, under, I logically understand that something has happened. And so I just conclude that it's just best to move on because when that is your state, again, you logically understand and you know that something happened and that you're supposed to move on, but it's more factual. And if anything, you're still kind of compartmentalizing things. You're like, well, can't do anything about that. So just put that in the box and just keep on trucking and moving. But that box is still there. Right. And then as you keep going, there's still more boxes there. There's more events. There's more incidents. There's more things that you have just resigned to the fact that they can't, nothing can be done with it. And so things just, they can stack. And for me, it wasn't that it was stacked in this big closet and I felt like it was going to um, like fall over and topple over on me. But my world had opened up from stuffing everything into closets to now. I'm putting everything in boxes, but for me, in my mind, I imagine it as this giant open field. And so I would have, you know, one box here and then nothing for another 20 feet or so. But then I guess there's another box if I keep walking. And then there's another one over to the east and there's another one way back a mile in the west. But my field, my open field that I could be using to run and frolic and, you know, live my life and be free has boxes that are littered between it. And again, far between, but they're still there. And so the acceptance for me is not just knowing that it has happened, but 
moving to a place to where it's been unpacked to where all the like char and the ash that the fire of whatever has happened, like all that dust and again, ash and char that's there, that it is now been turned into fertile soil. That what was meant to break me, what was meant to, to harm me has been used to help me grow and not I'm going to grow in spite of what you did, but literally there's almost like an, a sense of forgiveness that comes with the acceptance, forgiveness of myself, forgiveness of them, um, a grace that comes with it. And just, um, again, there's a big, wide open field and meadow in front of me. And this charred spot is not going to stop me. Like it's not even on my radar. Like my eyes, instead of being on the ground and being on the debris that is in front of me and being on, having my eyes like littered on like what is there and like what's messy, my eyes are more on the horizon. My eyes are lifted towards the sky. Like now I I see the light. I see the blue sky. I see the grass that's rolling in the fields beyond. Like that is my new state of being or that is my normal state of being and that is where I feel the most content and comfortable with now again you know this is not that everything is unicorns and rainbows all the time even though low-key y'all I want to get to a place where I'm not giving that disclaimer to like kind of like be in a place of self-protection or you know normalizing that it almost normalizes that it's not okay to be happy. That it's a threat to yourself. It's a threat to other people to be too happy. Like bring it down a little bit. Um, let's be a little bit more realistic. If you shoot for the stars or if you say how good something is, then either one, you're going to jinx yourself, which is my old trauma pattern, right? Like, so don't let yourself be too happy because otherwise you're going to lose control. You're going to take your eyes off of all the bad things that can happen. And also too, that my happiness or my joy is a threat to other people because then that means I'm being selfish or I'm not being um, realistic or the second time I'm saying it. So I guess that's double the trauma, you know, being self-centered, like I'm not focused on other people or that I'm hurting other people, right? That for me to actually be empathic towards others and for me to actually care for their experiences, I have to dim my light. I have to hide who I am. I have to bring myself down to someone else's level so that I can be relatable and um, basically lose out. And so all that to say, I'm going to finish the point that I said before, but I also want to acknowledge that that is absolutely a pattern that I am hoping to break and or that I am breaking and that there will be podcasts that I will, in the words of our current trend and phrases, that I will be full delulu and that I will fully, I'll be fully sound, fully delusional to y'all. And that's going to be okay because those that get it, will get it. And those that don't will think that it's crazy until they get to a place and then they get it themselves, right? It's all about planting seeds. But um, to finish my point, there are times where as I'm clearing and as I'm working through things and as I'm growing in my self-belief and challenging myself and trying to put myself more out there, you know, unresolved triggers or traumas come up that get me out of that place of a, of 
gets me out of my clearing or I'm in the clearing, but then like I feel really bad that there is something that has to be unpacked in front of me, right? And I do what I need to do to get back to that normal state. And then I celebrate and I just feel so much gladness and gratitude. And I thank God and I thank myself and I thank um, spirit and I thank my guides and I thank, you know, my life experiences and everything that has brought me to this place to where I can move through pain versus having to avoid it and having to hide from it and think that it's always going to be that way. Hey, we hope you're enjoying the podcast so far. Let's take a quick break to say thanks to this week's sponsors. As our country continues to grow and make new meaning of the intersection between current and historical events, it is so important to stay connected to the voices and the leaders who are influencing what progress, connection, equality, and truth mean to us as Black people. The next generation of influential Black voices can be found on NPR's new collection, Black Stories, Black Truths. Black Stories, Black Truths is a celebration of Blackness from NPR. Each of NPR's Black voices are as distinct, varied, and nuanced as the Black experience itself. In the Black Stories, Black Truths collection, you'll hear stories of joy, resilience, empowerment, and creating world-shifting things out of struggle. Every episode is a living account about what it means to be Black today, told from a unique Black perspective. From Bobby Shmurda to The Wire, Michelle Obama to reparations, there's no limit to the range of Black stories, Black Truths. Black perspectives haven't always been centered in the telling of America's story. Now they are the story. In NPR's Black Stories, Black Truths, you'll find a collection from some of NPR's best podcast episodes celebrating the Black experience. Here are a feed of episodes from across NPR's podcasts that center Black voices. It's NPR Noir. Turn on NPR today and hear a range of voices as varied, nuanced, and Black as the country we reflect. Stories should never be about us without us. Listen now to Black Stories, Black Truths on NPR, wherever you get your podcasts. So restoration for me has felt like a clearing. Restoration, second way that restoration has felt for me is like forward movement. So so I'm restored, I'm moving forward. And to give the contrast like I did for the first one, moving forward does not feel like running away. It doesn't feel like, okay, well, that thing happened. Again, very similar to the first point. That thing happened. I have no other choice but to just keep on moving, right? And kind of put in my blinders, do my thing where I can like numb off the part of my heart that feels anything because it's too painful to feel the disappointment and it's too painful to feel the frustration. It's too painful to feel the hurt and betrayal from the past. So I'm just going to do what I do, get into my robotic stance, like I almost like imagine that my heart is now made up made out of cardboard. Um, but I'm going to get into my 10 man stance. Um, but with with flesh, <laughs> and I'm going to keep it moving. You know, I have a whole list of things that I need to do. I got a whole list of achievements and goals. One monkey don't stop the show, I'm going to keep it going. But that level of detachment, and not being connected to my body, to my heart, to my love. You know, almost like that forward movement in that instance is like, I can't stop because if I, if I stop, I'm scared of what's going to happen. I'm scared that I'm going to be swallowed up. I'm scared that whatever I've been moving from or running from is going to reach from behind me and, and, and get me. 
And I got to keep moving. I can't let them get me. I can't let the memories get me. I can't let the trauma get me. Right. And so um, forward movement in this place of restoration and continual moving does not feel like me running away. Um, not being propelled by anxiety or fear of not being enough or, again, that something's coming to get me. It is a full body rest. Um, it's me being at ease. Um, it's what I've said before multiple times in the podcast episode that you are knowing that things are happening for you and not to you, but happening for you. And that being more in my Rolodex than ever before. And that being more of my belief, like that belief getting stronger and stronger with time versus, um, evidence contrary to that. And then, um, you know, the imagery that I had that goes along with this is that the forward movement with it being an ease and you being the one that like, you're just kind of there, um, imagine the conveyor belt at the airport, right? The, the walking conveyor belt conveyor belt. So when you're on that thing, you're moving forward, right? And you're moving forward steadily, but you're not doing anything. Like there are some people, I'm people, there are some people who like get in the lane where like you're walking <laughs> to make your way to the plane because I'm usually late. So, <laughs> so I need you to move over to your side so that I can move around you with my, with my suitcase. Um, we'll see if that's, I'm, I'm not even gonna make a promise as if that's going to change. But you could stand on the side and just enjoy it, right? You're going to make it to your destination. You don't have to do any work. You, you can even sit down on your suitcase and you're still going to get where you need to go. And a place of restoration is having that trust and going with that ease, going with that flow. You're still going in the same direction. You, you know, you're not purposely going in the opposite direction and saying, well, I'm going to end up where... I, I want to be no, like you are orienting yourself, you're aligning yourself with your purpose, right? Um, but you're trusting that you do not have to overwork to get to that place, you're coming more to a place of rest. And again, not moving in that anxiety or not moving in that fear and not moving in that I got to keep going or something bad is going to happen, right? Um, it's a loosening of the threats. And not that there are no threats, but you're more attuned to what the threats are. You're attuned to the threats that come from within too, knowing that a lot of times it's our own thoughts and our own self-beliefs that will make us self-sabotage, that will make us stop our movement, that will make us blow something up and make something more difficult than it needs to be, right? That we are our biggest enemies. And so clearing those things out, learning to come more to a place of acceptance where you deserve for things to be easier for you, that you deserve to be taken care of, that you deserve to be helped, um, is how restoration feels like for me when I'm in forward movement. And then the last one is having yourself as your own. So I said this in um, an Instagram live last week, and I can't even remember what the topic was about, but there was some point that I was making that I was talking about the different iterations of Sheena and how I can remember each iteration of Sheena with fondness and with joy. You know, I remember the college version of me um, with in her peppiness and her happiness. Right. And I remember what I was like in grad school. And I remember myself as a younger adult professional and then like a mid range adult professional. And then, you know, where I am now as a business owner and like, at all these different adult stages of Sheena, I can think of her with 
with fondness and joy, but each one of these Sheenas is so different. What she liked, what she didn't like, what she believed about herself, about herself, how she showed up in front of people, her level of extroversion, her level of introversion. Um, of course, there are some things that are still the same, but just that presentation and the way that I embodied who I was, was so different. And so I bring that up because, you know, in these iterations and the things that I've had to learn and the things that life has taught me um, so far, you know, that earlier version, that young adult, late teen version of Sheena, she had learned how to be very bubbly and perky and happy with everyone around her and um, was super friendly and super warm, you know, never met a stranger, talked to everybody. And I love that version of Sheena. She was a lot of fun. She was, you know, the little sweetheart. And, um, but that version of Sheena also didn't know how to say what she wanted and what she needed. She also really attuned herself to making other people happy and hid so that she could stay the sweetheart so that she could stay being the apple of everybody's eye. Right. So she ate a lot of conflict that she should have, um, owned and she should have said no a lot more and she should have, um, been selfish a lot more and she should have been more bold. She should have low key been a little bit more sexual. Like she should have embodied all of these things about herself that she didn't allow herself to do for a multitude of reasons. And so as I've gone through the rest of my adulthood and learned so many things about myself, there was a part of me that had to, that swung to the other side, (laughs) that swung to um, perfecting that resting bitch face perfecting that intensity, perfecting that, please don't talk to me because I really only don't, I really just need to care about myself right now. And I don't have all the energy to take care of you. Like I already take care of trauma and everything like 24 seven, like this is just me and what I want. And I'll catch you all later. And no is no. And no was going to be no. Like the first time I said no to friends asking me to go out to movies, I told somebody else that I was so proud of myself and they looked at me like I was crazy. But like that part of me never said no. And so I swung to the opposite extreme in this place of self-preservation, but also in this place of me learning how to embody these other qualities and to develop these parts of myself. And now at this stage of Sheena, This Sheena is integrating all those things together and integrating what feels good for me now. What worked before that I would love to embody, but actually doesn't work for this stage of who I am. And my values are the same, but the way I show up is different or some values have changed, right? Again, at my age and my experience at this stage I am in life and what is true and important for me. And so, um, but at all that, all this to say, Everything that has happened to me or happened for me or happened against me or whatever, whatever the word, everything that has happened and everything that has paused or been hurt has now been restored to being a version of me that I am fully happy with, that I'm fully happy with, that I'm learning more about, that I'm learning more about this version of me and what she needs and what she finds special and what delights her and the and the shadow parts of herself that she has rejected for so long because she found them to be bad or wrong or that she wasn't ever given a chance to embody like number three what restoration looks like for me is having me as my own 
having me all for myself, for my for my own pleasure and for my own sake, not for the sake of anybody else's and the freedom to fully explore what that means and discover what that means and the freedom to change my mind for what is true about me yesterday to be different today. And that's okay. And I don't have to justify it and I don't have to explain it and I don't have to, you know, prove that it's okay for other people, but for me to get deeper and deeper into that and for there's to be openness that comes with that. You know, I think a lot of people, when they're still in a place of pain and in a place of suffering, or even in a place of neutrality, sometimes they'll get to that place or that might already be part of the personality where they are already like, you know, I'm going to worry about me, I'm going to focus on me. But if you could see me, you would see me do this kind of like enclosing around myself, like, I'm going to do me and you can't touch it. And you can't touch me <laughs> and the wall is up and I like, this is all for me and you don't get none. And if I do give you some, let me break off maybe a little piece of crumb, put that in your hand. Okay. You had a crumb in your hand, taking that hoe back because you don't deserve it. Like it is a very self-protective stance, but in this place of restoration, I fully am connected to me and I'm learning more about me and I'm discovering more about me and what works and what doesn't work. And I actually, I'm actually going to read y'all one of my affirmations that I've been saying to myself about BGH and, you know, showing up here. Um, I wrote, I want to be exactly who I am and attract women who love me exactly as I am. I cannot tell you how much of a headache and how much of a stressor part of being in this business as a recovering people pleaser and codependent um, has been me trying to show up as the right type of woman, right type of black woman, right type of healer, right amount of Christianity, right amount of spirituality, right amount of humor, right amount of neutrality, right amount of making jokes, right and right amount of keeping it real. How much of a headache, so much of my growing in this in this place has been and um to come to a place to where I'm like you know what and 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 part of it is not just the self-preservation aspect but because I really truly believe in the things that I teach here and I and I really truly believe that they have the power to help women be free I've seen it before I've helped women do it and I want as many women as I can to, to experience it truly. Um, that is like the core of so much that I want for BGH and for beyond. But to accomplish that, I have been sacrificing and limiting and minimizing and rejecting parts of myself to try to present as the most neutral version of Sheena as I can, so that whoever listens to this, no matter where they live, or what background they have, or what age they are, that everybody could get it. And no, <laughs> no, you know, that that hope is still the same. My hope is that no matter who listens to this, no matter what their background is, my hope is that the message is pure, that the teaching is pure, that people can, as always, take what they need and leave the rest. But as far as me being perfect teacher, um, completely, 
completely, um, I want to say rejection proof, but that's not quite it. I mean, it's a cousin of that, but like more like above reproach, like above being able for anyone to say anything like contrary. It is what it is. Like, I want the women that I work with, the women who choose to move beyond the podcast and work with me as a coaching student, purchase a program, purchase a, attend a workshop, um, become a member of any of my subscriptions, who buy a book. I want every woman who, I want to attract women exactly as I am and attract women who love me exactly as I am or love the teaching that I give exactly as I give it, right? Um, the watering down is not, is for the birds and it's not for me anymore. And so that is how restoration has been showing up for me. Um, that what I want is fully what I want and who I am and what I desire and what I crave and what lights me up is my own. And I own it. And the point that I was making with talking about it being closed off is in contrary to being closed off and me leading with a, if you don't like me, then you can get on. But it's more like, I am so open. I'm open to anybody and everybody in whatever form they come with. Um, and I'm open to give love. And I'm also open to receive love. And so, and if it doesn't fit, then it doesn't fit. <laughs> But I'm not going to reject myself later on. And I'm not going to make up a story about you, about why you rejected me. Like whoever needs to fit who is who fits. And that place is a place that has been hard fought for. And I'm going to continue to, to, to grow in that area and build nuance in it. But that's how restoration looks for me in that third point. So... All that to say, I hope that this episode has been helpful for those who have been looking for restoration and healing and looking for um, some relief. If you've been in that place of emotional purgatory, just to know that there is a little bit more outside of just existing, just making it, um, that it goes deeper and that there's even more... Um, pleasantness and, and bliss and um, contentment available for you. So um, with all that said, for those who are wanting to join me at my Reclaiming Me workshop that is going to be on Saturday, October 21st, you can register by going to blackgirlsheal.org slash reclaim. You can also find the link in the show notes. And um, I'm going to give the special gift that I said that I'm going to give is I'm going to give a $50 off coupon for anyone who registers between now when the podcast is posted through Sunday, October 8th. Okay. From now to October, Sunday 8th. And the coupon is going to be reclaim 50. And again, this will be in the show notes, but the word reclaim and the number 50, five zero. And it'll be in effect until Monday, October 8th. Okay. Oh, no, not Monday, Sunday. <laughs> Sunday, October 8th. And I would love for you to join me. Again, you can join me live in Charlotte, North Carolina, or you can join me virtually. Um, in live, there is going to be a limit on seats, though. So I, I think there are 
it'll tell you how many seats are left um, whenever you go to register if you click the live version. So if you're wanting to see me live, then make sure you grab that sooner rather than later while they are available. And if you're um, if you cannot travel, um, would love to see you virtually as well. And you get full time, you get lifetime access to the replay, the questions, the community, all the bonuses and support have been known to at my workshops. We hit on things that I did not prepare for in the curriculum. And by prepare for, I mean, um, come with like a stack of worksheets about that specific tool. So I've been known to um, talk about the tool, explain it, um, provide the resource, and then um, send it to y'all later or give y'all access to it later if it's um, something that's within one of my coursework or coursework programs or something. So um, you you get more um, than you originally bargained for whenever you come to a live event, which I'm really proud of. So as long as you show up with your questions and your full self, I will meet you exactly where you are. So I look forward to what is created in that room. And that's it for now. Again, blackgirlsheal.org slash reclaim. I'm sending you all so much love and I look forward to seeing you in our next episode. As always, take care of yourselves. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. Before we get started, let's take a small break to say thank you to this week's sponsors. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.